you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the League Podcast. Our NFL Media Outsiders. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hennis. I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Welcome back, Wes. Thanks. Good to be here. Glad to see you the, decided uh, to return. 92% one out over the 8%. <laughs> I know. The odds were in our favor, and it, and it all worked out. And some of our listeners are already welcoming you back. Everyone's a little more excited. The, the office, we, we weren't the same without you Monday, Wes. It was one of our worst shows ever. I'll it's, say it. It's, not, <laughs> it's good to know that I'm not easily replaced. No, you definitely, the chair did not beat you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, this is a very special, very special Around the League podcast. It is the, let's see, what are we going to call it? It is the scheduled release special. Bonanza. Sounds good. Ooh, I like bonanza. Right. Extravaganza. Okay. What do we like, bonanza or extravaganza? Extravaganza. Extrava bonanza. <laughs> it is the scheduled release extrava bonanza. That Rolls off mean the tongue. The same thing. It is a schedule release extravaganza. That's How about good. that? That's Arthur good. Joseph would be proud of that. <laughs> Vocal coach, Arthur Joseph. If you listen to po- Monday's podcast, sorry you missed him, Wes. Yeah, I'm not sorry. but And you know that I don't want you to go you to those because be. I don't want you to change, Wes. Are we burying the lead, though? What? The schedule being released? Well, more importantly, it is the birthday of our friend and host, oh. Dan Hansis. Oh, that's not oh. the lead. Get you Dan Hansis. Oh! Get you Dan Hansis. Oh. Hansis is the best ready you'll read. Now listen to the sounds from around the lead. Wait, you get a theme song all of a sudden? Whoa, that Young Monday weighing in. <laughs> At Young Monday, who is a Southern California area rapper <laughs> and good friend of downstairs editor David Ely, uh, supplied that after a, a series of rec- uh, recording sessions. So thank you, At Young Monday. Check out his stuff. I thought that was pretty that, professional, actually. As far as introductions go, I, that's better than any entrance music I've ever had. <laughs> that's yeah. great. And it, it did take him six months to put that together. Six well, months is a little generous. Th- generous. Things take time. And, and D- David Ely downstairs told me that Young Monday might even work up some songs for the rest of the crew. Ooh, so we'll all right, now that. I like it better. I uh, like, though, the other day when we first got this, Dan said, let's save it. Let's save it for a day that's really d- – and all, all along, you knew your birthday was coming. Listen, uh, this, is, this is a job I take seriously. Old, uh, Young Monday and I are going to become a duo. <laughs> Old Tuesday Bastard, that's going to be my name. Oh. Wow. I kind of like that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, today is the schedule release extravaganza. No, we don't need the music again, Gold Standard. Come on. How are you, Gold Standard? I'm doing fine, thanks. Sorry, I got a little giddy. I know. Everybody's a little excited. In fact, this is what's really exciting. The schedule was released 
on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Can't wait. <laughs> a little, a little uh, inside baseball or inside football is maybe more appropriate. We are recording this before the schedule release. In our hands right here is the 2014 NFL schedule. And I can tell you something. It feels very good to have this, and the rest of society doesn't. Mm. In fact, it feels almost too good. You ask me if I have a God complex? Let me tell you something. I am God. It's <laughs> <laughs> an old Baldwin hit. That is, that is my spirit animal, Alec Baldwin, from 92's Malice. Um, so we have the schedule right here, and let's get right into it. That's all this show is going to be about. Forget about news. Th- forget about another free agency segment. We're not going to be talking about the Panthers wide rec- receiver situation. This is going to be all schedule, Greg Rosenthal. There is no more news. It's perfect. Yeah, this is perfect timing. The NFL machine trudges on. And as and all due respect to Adam Schefter, I've got to give him respect that he pointed out on Twitter today that what, Mark? Well, so, you know, Mark Cuban, obviously very antsy and agitated about the NFL's increasing, creeping schedule, which seems to be a year-round beast. Tonight's schedule release coincides to the minute with the tip-off of the Dallas Mavericks playoff competition. Who are the Mavericks playing, Mark? Another basketball team. (laughs) The Spurs. The Spurs. I want to watch that game. Just testing your outside NFL sports knowledge. You did not disappoint. Um, so, yes, we have the schedule, and we're going to go through it right now. And, you know, like good podcasters, we kind of plotted out. If we were not in control of the schedule, if we were not Alec Baldwin in Malice, what would we want to know from the schedule? So we're going to give you, the listeners, all the pertinent information. Why don't we start with week one, gentlemen, because everybody loves week one, because what ends up happening, having been through this rigmarole of the NFL year, yearly schedule now for almost four years myself, you end up writing ceaselessly and reading ceaselessly about that week one game that your team is playing. So why don't we start right there? And Greg Rosenthal, what better way to start than the Thursday night season opener? We've got to give our boy Kevin Patra some love. The day after the Super Bowl, or even the day of the Super Bowl, he wrote it, predicting, saying what he wanted to be the opening night game. He wanted the rematch of the fail Mary, the Packers going to Seattle, and that's what he got, and I think it was a great choice. Who can't get excited about little Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson action? Yeah, it was the game that that really, to me, is the most infamous, at least regular season game of this century. You know, you'll never, I'll never forget watching that. Everybody remembers, of course, our own Mike Silver then with Yahoo going up to Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and just mouthing, you know, what the f- and Rodgers being like, I don't know, man, and just walking <laughs> off. And it really was the game that led to the end of the replacement ref. So now these teams square off again at Century Link, and that is a nice way to start things. I think it's a preview of the NFC Conference Championship game. I Ooh. love hubba, I love hubba. the Packers this year. I, I, Greg and I will both be predicting them to make it to the Super Bowl, I think. That's true. I think it's a, it's a nice move by the NFL to do exactly that, to put a, to put a team that – the. Green Bay from last season, we never got to see them at their full power, obviously. You've got Aaron Rodgers back, and you've got a big chunk of defensive players back. They're a sleeping giant. They are. I mean, this is, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a hark back to a moment where that wasn't a proud moment for the league, and they're saying, we don't care, we're rolling this out anyways. Well, it's the best player in the entire league, Aaron Rodgers, against 
the best team. And they had good options. They could have gone with Denver as a rematch. They could have gone with San Francisco. But I like that they're not just counting on everyone to tune in for this first game, which anyone would anyways. There were a couple years that the Titans were involved in week one, that the uh, lame Dolphins team, I think, was playing Pittsburgh they in did. week one. Yep. Forget that stuff. Put the biggest heavyweight thing you can. Peyton Manning just called. He, sa- he says, what do I have to do to say that I'm the greatest player in the league? Uh, be better than Aaron Rodgers, which yeah. he's not. I don't know. He's old. Wow. We're going down that road with him? <laughs> I'm just saying, who wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers? It's Rogers? got ugly if very fast. For the 2014 season, if we go around the room, who you're taking, Rodgers or Manning? I'm taking Rodgers. Rodgers, that's, that's no-brainer. Peyton Manning. All right. All right, so let's look at the rest of the game. Mark, who would you take? i go A-Rod, mm. of course. Most importantly, the gold standard. Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning, 2014. Who do you want? Is this even a question? Aaron Rodgers. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're I a like Packers it. fan, right? Yeah. Cheesehead. Cheesehead. I forgot about that. Dubious. All right. So let's go through the rest of the week one games. Um, how do, why don't we just cut? I'll go down. I'll read through them, and, we, and you guys can interject at some point. Saints at Falcons. These are the early games. One of the best division rivalries in the NFL. <laughs> uh, true, actually. I laughed because I forgot that the it's so easy. Like the Falcons, I love that were good for matchup. so long, and then they were so bad last year. You forget that oh, this team deserves respect. I, I'm sorry, Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> uh, the Cincinnati Bengals at Baltimore Ravens. Bengals start zero and one. Buffalo Bills at Chicago Bears. Can't all be winners. The Washington Redskins at Houston Texans. A nice. That's a nice. Uh, that's actually a nice game. You get RG3. Everybody wants to see how he'll be playing. And now he'll be going against Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt coming at him. I like that. I like it. And cool. a team with no quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are going to talk about these games way too much. But it is one of those. It's the first game of the season, and it's two brand-new head coaches. It's kind of like you can set the tone for your season, especially Houston has a very easy early slate of games. And it's like, all right, these are two teams that – you really know nothing about. You can set the tone. Uh, I'm requesting to cover that game right now. Okay, wow. you got it. That's that's the earliest request and, ever. <laughs> and Mark is already putting his his request for Titans at Kansas City Chiefs. Can't um, get enough of that. The Patriots start against the division rival, the Dolphins in Miami. Uh, my New York Jets are uh, home to face the Oakland Raiders. That should be interesting. Glenn Foley goes for 400 yards in that game. <laughs> Hold on, how ugly for New York if they lose that game? Got to win that game, and we'll get into. We're going to get into that later. Uh, Jaguars at at Eagles, Browns at Steelers. Get ready, Sessler. How do you AFC like North that as a, as a start to this? Season? I like it because Cleveland has not started on the road since 1995, and they had only won one of those 20-something home openers in between. That's a fact. Get him on the yep. Get him on the road. Now we know how long an official NFL apology lasts. See, Greg, outside of New England, certain teams suffer and go (laughs) through hardship. That's a preposterous (laughs) stat that that they've won one of those home openers in almost twenty years. How does the factory of sadness? How does the and and that truly is. uh, You know who their quarterback was? They've had Jeff Garcia. Oh, when they last won. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, Let's see. Well, good luck to you, Mark. The Minnesota Vikings at St. Louis Rams. Domes. Boring. <laughs> the Niners at Jarrow World. That's interesting. That is. Um, the Carolina Panthers at Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. That's kind of interesting. People don't know what we're going to get through from the Panthers next year. A lot of people think the Bucks will be better. Uh, Colts at Broncos on Sunday night football. Ooh. That is very fun. That me. is what I'm talking about. Again, not this, saving the bullets, just putting it all out there. That game will – there will be Sh- stories of panic in Denver after the result of that game. Ooh. <laughs> Shock. Whoa, is that a Sessler? 
The Colts yeah. beat them last year. That is the first. They're going to whip them again. The wow. first Sessler of the 2014 season, ladies and gentlemen. Does that mean you have to stick with that when we make our I'm week sticking one with picks? It. It's in. It is a rock I'm going solid with the Broncos right feeling. now for that game. <laughs> Just and as you did in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then there are always. Whoa. <laughs> that was a dagger. Bunsen burner blowtorch. And then, of course, Monday, two Monday night games always in week one. The Giants at the Lions. Yeah. And Chargers at the Cardinals in that late game. Well, that's Gi- an uninspiring Monday night oh, stop. helping. The Am Giants are on primetime every single week of the season, all 16 games. It broke, <laughs> it broke a record. Giants, I'm with you. I don't love the Giants are involved. That second, In a dome. That second Monday night <laughs> game, first of all, is, is never a true Monday night. It's never the greatest matchup ever. This is great. Chargers, Cardinals. You got Phillip Rivers. The Cardinals are a fun team to watch. I like that as a second it's game. It's a role that the Chargers have to be involved in the – uh, second Monday night game in the opener. That she, game should take place true. in Japan. It's true. <laughs> At the Tokyo Dome? Well, like baseball does. Just put that game in another part of the world. Because no one's watching it anyways on the East Coast. I have a feeling I'll be covering it. <laughs> I think you've been uh, sitting, spending too much time with Mark Cuban. I think people will be watching that game. <laughs> Mark. Fair enough. Um, the jet lag, I feel like the coaches would complain about that coming back. Oh, though. wah. Yeah. So, all right. So, that's week one. Um the next thing we want to hit, and it's always fun, Thanksgiving. This is a great Thanksgiving schedule. And uh, why don't we start? We'll go in the order of the games. You know, the Lions always have that first game. Kevin Patrick come at you, settles in with his big old turkey bone, and, and it is uh, Bud Heavy. You know, he only drinks Bud Heavy. Kevin well, Patrick. in theory, he'll be writing this game up, so hopefully not too much. We've only been through two different weeks of the season, and the Lions are on national TV both times. Mm, good call. So the Chicago Bears... Uh, head to Ford Field. Let's get back in that dome again uh, to face the Detroit Lions. I always get excited, too, for who the, the halftime act will be. It's usually a, an abomination of some kind, whether it's Kid Rock or Third Eye Blind or Nickelback. It's usually something uh, Bob, truly wretched. Bob Seger's from Detroit. Bob Seger. Is Bob Seger still active? I don't think so. He uh, looked pretty old the last <laughs> time I saw him. So not a candidate. So that's the first game, and I think that, that should be very competitive. You have the middle game. Which is it just me or is, is this a – well, it's always the Cowboys involved. So it's, is it always a division game, that middle game? Not always. Usually not. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys uh, in Arlington. Mm. Very interesting game. I like that one. The last division game, I believe, with the Cowboys on Thanksgiving was just two years ago when RG3 went in there and had the best oh, yeah, game right. of his young career. It was an unbelievable game. He went off. And the Cowboys actually got back into that game – but the show that Griffin put on in the first half, I remember it was like, wow, we're looking at the future. Uh, we'll see if he can get back to being that guy. I, I think the league saw Matt McGloin on Thanksgiving last year, <laughs> and they thought we have to avoid this at all, all possible. Let's well, Oakland in late Kelly November, in why would they not have last year known that was dubious? Mm, that's fair. They don't have softball pants to wager. <laughs> <laughs> and then the late game. This might be the game of the regular season, and – Last year's Thanksgiving game, Mark, I know you were uh, working on this game, and this this was one of the more memorable games of last season. Of course, it was the uh, Harbaugh Bowl. Am I right? No. No, so it, it was, was so memorable, was you Tomlin, forgot it. Yeah. Tomlin walking out on the field. It's Mike Tomlin, that's exactly what I was saying. You guys just misunderstood me. <laughs> Mike Tomlin and the Steelers against the Ravens. Tomlin steps on the field. Mark works till midnight. And uh, this year we get the Seattle Seahawks. At the San Francisco 49ers, hubba, hubba, hubba. One side note here. This is Goodell and Friends 
with a big slap to the face of the American Football Conference. Six teams, mm. all from the NFC on Thanksgiving. Are you say- you're saying Rog should be admonished for this. I'm not saying it's be- I think he's making a statement. That's a shadowy league figure. That's a statement. They're just putting the best games on there. There's a shadowy league figure right behind That's you. That's my Mark. takeaway. Not turn around right now. I'm with Mark on this one. Step up your game, AFC. Well, <laughs> I think the decision made by Roger and everyone in the New York office was excellent, and I think the schedule looks great. I have a stat for you. This is the first Thanksgiving without an AFC team since before 1970. And the only reason they can even pull this off is because of a new scheduling wrinkle. They can now cross-flex games between networks. So you can have an all-AFC game on Fox, or you could have an all-NFC game on CBS in very selected cases where it just improves the overall game. So one of these games will be on CBS, even though... Two NFC teams. You know why there were no AFC teams in this game before 1970? Because there was no AFC. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) And one thing you guys should know, Thanksgiving, famously, the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. Guess what? Sanchez back on in the spotlight on Thanksgiving with the Philadelphia Eagles. Who knows? He could be playing. He could be (laughs) crashing into an ass. The media will attempt to put him under the spotlight, even though he'll be wearing a ball cap and holding a clipboard the whole game. With Dan leading the way, he's sitting right next to you. He just found a way to shoehorn the 2009 Jets into a Thanksgiving Day discussion in 2014. (laughs) No, I wouldn't say that because that was the absolute nadir of the Rex Ryan era, so I don't like to bring up the butt fumble. It wasn't 09 either, by the way. Excuse me, the 2011. It was my fault, yeah. Yeah, the 2011 Jets. I don't I don't like to talk about it, but I'm just throwing it out there. Sanchez back in the field. It's about bringing the information <laughs> to the people and being a pro. Greg. What's Tim Tebow doing that <laughs> night? Maybe we can talk about that, too. Tim is doing something irrelevant. Um, why don't we – okay, so that's Thanksgiving. That's a nice slate. That's great. If you're into the NFC and no, only the NFC. You're playing this, Mark. What is this NFC? I don't know. Someone's got to represent that Are you just half of football. The Browns got passed over yet again on Thanksgiving. They is have not been about? in a Thanksgiving game since 1989. It well, checks out, though. That know, sounds about right. It's true. Barry Sanders ran all over him. Hey, you know who that's good for? The Cleveland Browns and their families. Maybe you don't want this them is to not be with, a, hey. with little Hoyer on Thanksgiving. You want him and his dad. You just want him eating alone with his mom while Brian is off playing football. Good yeah. point. I like that. <laughs> I've changed my mind. All right, moving on. Gold Center, how's it going so far? Are we getting the information out there, you're, people? You're hitting hard. It's it's great analysis. A quick plug, if I may. NFL.com slash movie trailers has some excellent, excellent high-quality previews of coming attractions for this year's schedule. So check wow. that out. Wow. Listen to the Gold Yeah, Zach, Center. if you're going to want to throw plugs in, we're going to need to clear this ahead of time. Now, oh, don't I, just, I have the paperwork. Don't just, your... don't just surprise <laughs> us. Uh, the Gold Center talking out of school on the podcast today. <laughs> But did, you worked on some of those, correct? I did. It's a selfish plug. But yeah. I'm also a and huge NFL it, fan. So no, they are really just, cool. Seriously, they are. they are great. You should go to the league's official website. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I, think, I think people well, should. Well, you can also check out uh, a lot of schedule release content from the Around the League podcast crew, including uh, Kevin Patcher and everyone. We have lots of features, all the team schedule breakdowns. It's probably the favorite thing Chris Wessling does all year. I would say I, <laughs> I've seen these trailers that, that uh, the Gold Standard and his cohorts have put together. Cohorts. And I saw over the weekend uh, Superman 3 or whatever. 
Man of Steel, <laughs> whatever it's called. Man, and, the man with the tights on. Uncle and the Chris. trailers were way better than Man of Steel, yeah, which was the which was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Well, thank you. So, so damning with faint praise. A compliment that went all over the place there, but I I believe positive. We need to get like a. I just want the people to know how bad Man of Steel was. We need a Mark Sessler read for uh, some publicity for Man of Steel. Oh, I I will pump it up beyond need, beyond measure. All right, moving on. Had a lot of heart. So much heart. Uh, let, let's move on. Let's talk about some of these primetime games. Uh, the, you know, you have the Thursday night games, which will be aired on CBS and NFL Network this year. You have, of course, the Sunday night game with Alan Chris. You have the Monday night game with uh, John Gruden and Mike Tirico. So why don't we go around the room? Hell, let's go around the room twice Ooh. and pick out games in primetime that appeal to us. And I will start, as I always do, with the Mad Scientist. The mailman, Chris Wesley. Primetime games. I'm looking at week five. The Seahawks, your Super Bowl champions, travel to Washington to play the Redskins, a bounce-back team with comeback player of the year, RG3. Ooh, Wes, you are on that train with me, and I love it. It's not even like a matter of if it's going to happen. RG3 (laughs) is the comeback player of the year in 2014. Wow. Who would be the guy that would come in second in your mind? Doesn't matter. They Jack. should just clear the whole field and Marcus Lattimore. I feel like Pennington is always Pennington a good in the guy. Running. Just, just in case, mm-hmm. been good. That's good. Does Marcus Lattimore count if he's not coming back from anything that happened in the NFL? Yeah, that would count. He could win it. Wes, I have to assume then, not to get off topic too far, but if you think RG three is going to return to being a All Pro level quarterback, that the Redskins are potentially going back to the playoffs. Potentially, yeah. Or at the very least, they're going to be a super competitive team in two thousand. I think they will have to beat out the Eagles. I don't know if t- two uh, playoff teams are coming out this, of the NFC East. This is nice talking about next season, getting the juices <laughs> flowing a little bit. All right, Mark Sessler, give us a game. Game that I find interesting. I, I understand that, that you want to go San Francisco, Seattle, blah, blah, blah. Philadelphia at Indy, week two. Hmm. A little bit off the grid, but I, I am starting to feel that my AFC team might be Andrew Luck and the Colts. And you I mean love your team? I thought this is a collective choice that we make. Well he's just saying he's making a separate team. In terms of a oh, Super Bowl team I'm talking about. You and Damashek. I love the Colts and I think that anything I can't wait to see right out of the gate what Chip Kelly has planned for Philly's offense. And that's a Monday night game, week two, Philly at Indy. Sign me up. I might even stay late to write a few stories on that. Hmm. Greg? I'm going to go early, and I know Carolina's getting a lot of heat, but I still have you know, some love for them as the, the first. They'll, we'll have other official teams of the Around the League podcast, but there will never be another first. And it's still Cam Newton, and it's still entertaining to watch him play. And you got week three, him versus Pittsburgh on Sunday night, Roethlisberger and Cam Newton, maybe not the one that's going to jump off the page to everyone, but two of my very favorite quarterbacks in the league to watch. All right, that's good. I will pick. Let's let's see. Week eight, go right to the midpoint of the season. The Green Bay Packers rolling into New Orleans, the Superdome. I love quarterbacks. I love Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and we get two of them in this matchup. The uh, Aaron Rodgers against Drew Brees, two teams that you you would think are going to be in the mix. The Saints great at home. They get a team in the Packers that. Uh, coming off a division title, and hopefully Aaron Rodgers is healthy and playing. 
And I'm excited for that one. I had this one circled with a check mark by it. It was going to be my next pick. Ha ha! Ha ha! Chris Wessling! Gotcha! And if you recall a couple <laughs> of years ago, remember this was the kickoff game. Randall Cobb brought a touchdown out of the end zone. Darren Sproles oh, had a great game. Yes. Uh, Mark Ingram was stuffed at the goal line late. It was a great game. This has the feel of one of those games where you could have two teams rolling in at 7-0, and and it decides who stays perfect. It doesn't usually happen too many weeks after that, but you get that occasional Monday night game where you got two perfect teams. I like that. Wes, I'm sorry I put you on the spot now. Now you're scrambling. What do you got? I'm going to scramble to week 16, Denver at Cincinnati. Mm. Just because I know it's the game that Denver knocks the Bengals out of the playoff picture. Oh, wow. Wow, you really went after your old Bengals there. It's interesting because you've always maintained that you're team neutral. You're not anti-Bengals. I don't know if I buy into that. I see a little anger there. But this sounds anti-Bengals. Well, sometimes I'm (laughs) anti-Bengals only because I know their proclivities. <laughs> that was, what, a, what was that mean? a Clinton-like explanation. I don't know what that meant. Did anyone else pick the Bengals to beat to lose to the Chargers in the playoffs last year just because they knew that the Bengals aren't allowed to have nice things? <laughs> but that's what you you have to like on some level inherently root for that narrative to continue because in your mind, for you to, to work out where you said I'm quitting this team, for it really to pay off, it has to go on in perpetuity. And they will always be that team that you felt you had to get away from. Interesting. Dan, if you've ever seen Tombstone, you know it's not about the revenge. It's about the reckoning. <laughs> I mean, you're saying a lot of smart things, but I don't know if I understand any of it right now. <laughs> I don't need a scenario to play out. This is what the Bengals do. I don't think any of you guys understand this is what the Bengals do. It's in the face. I think we, I think we do understand. Uh, we're just stunned at your... I guess it's just still Bengal anger that's just still here after it's all in there, these and years. It's okay. It's banger. It's banger. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Do you have any? Uh, I'm going to go with something that I was sure you were going to go with, Dan. Bronger. Bronger. Well, no, I'm still involved with the Browns, so I got to work this relationship uh, gotcha, out. Gotcha, you know? gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I'm going with Jets at New England, Week Seven. Okay. I yep. can't get enough oh, yeah. of this whole concept of the Patriots of all teams stealing Darrell Revis off the open market, and the Jets saying, we don't want him, we're not going to pay for him. I just don't like that for New York. But, listen, if anyone knows, if there's any Achilles heel to uh, Darrell Revis, Rex Ryan would know how to pick on him. I don't see where it is, but a fascinating matchup. I could safely assume like that Geno Smith or Michael Vick won't be picking on Darrell Revis if Darrell Revis is I think is you Revis. just avoid him Wait. all day long. But, but I guess he Rex would know how you would potentially attack a team that had a, a Revis. Or he'd know better than Trained anyone. for Stevie Johnson. Ooh. Mm, who I like I've heard is on the market. An in-division trade. Where have you heard this? Just floating around there? Whispers. Mm. Around the league. I like it. And you chose a Patriots game and not even their one against Andrew Luck. Another delicious primetime game. That is. My game, I'm going late in the season. Because they just have a different feel of it once you get late in the season. And it's going to have a different feel because it's on Saturday night. We have games on Saturday night back in the NFL. San Francisco, San Diego, week 16, December 20th. That just sounds great. Phillip Rivers, you just feel like between these two teams, one of them is going to be on the borderline of making the playoffs or not two very entertaining coaches and quarterbacks and on a Saturday. I don't know. About you guys, like Saturday games, it's been a while and it reminds me of when I just loved watching football as a kid, those Saturday late season near Christmas matchups. 
good stuff. You know who's going to hate it? Our wives. Any of us cut, you know, it's like an extra, that's the one day off, and now we're back. Well, they're somewhat schooled on not seeing us at all on weekends <laughs> from, like, late August on. So. It's all in peril. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I'll, do, I'll pick one more, and uh, I am, having grown up on the East Coast, even though I'm a Jets fan, I do love NFC East showdowns. And uh, in week 15, it depends what you think about the Cowboys this year, um, whether they'll be in the mix this year. But the Cowboys at Philly in week 15, uh, these divisions, the division in the NFC seems to always come down right to the end. And to me, it's, it's a very good chance that, will ga- that game will have a lot of value for at least one team and most likely both. I like it. I like Tony Romo. I like the Cowboys always seem to play entertaining primetime games. And this will be another one. You know, it is an insult to human intelligence that no matter what happens, Dallas gets five primetime games every year. <laughs> it was such an obvious Did they get it again? Th- yes. Ha. Without question. They, but, they but a lot of teams, that team could be 3-13 and 13 next A lot season. of teams get five games. A, a, a the lot Giants of teams got get the five, maximum. and they were worse than the Cowboys last year. Well, that's in the same air. That's in the same little category of doesn't matter what you've done. Well, you're on TV more than see, you know. To the, are they to not the entertaining? Are they not playing great not games? Like the Giants no. have been the least entertaining I'm, team I'm, of all time. Were the Giants you. entertaining last I'm season? I'm with you. The Giants think no. keep them off the airwaves. The Cowboys always entertaining. They're I'm, always in the mix to the end, and and they rate. That's a big one. Every right. time, every time Sessler says that about the Cowboys, I, I do feel like I need to say what Greg just said, which was, yeah, they'll probably finish eight and eight and be a big disappointment. But every game they play in primetime is exciting. They have a huge fan base. There's that built-in drama just with the Cowboys involved. I think it's good. It's for about football. one thing. It is about money. It's all about money. Well, Everything this is the only reason because it's not the best game every week that Dallas has put on there. It's not. But they put. Teams that are entertaining. The Steelers run five times. They have a great quarterback. Don't have, have a problem have a good with the Steelers. History. They're the same as the Cowboys. Don't eight have eight Steelers have won a Super Bowl in the last 16, 17 years. Oh, who cares? Who cares? Who The Cowboys are more entertaining to watch than the Steelers. They're not no the better That team. is untrue. No that is Hell nonsense. Yeah. No way. I'm out of here. You just like the it's pretty outfit. Name, pe- name three defensive <laughs> players on the Cowboys, Dan. <laughs> wow. Don't put me on the spot like that, Wes. <laughs> it's my birthday. Fair point. All right. I wasn't doing that for you. I meant that as look at look at what they lost. This is not an entertaining. We, team. We've established Dan as a Yankees fan has to like the Cowboys. That's <laughs> pretty much just how they roll. I just watched the primetime games and I know what's good and what's not. All right, moving on. <laughs> what is that? It's a very serious ending <laughs> to the conversation. Very stern ending. Um, all right, what do we want to hit next? Should we uh, give our old buddy uh, Kevin Patrick a call? Ooh. Good call. Kevin Patra coming at you, our Chicago correspondent. Uh, he wrote up a piece on the Around the League site um, getting into the two defending conference champions and their roads uh, through the regular season and see you know how the schedule makers uh, you know treated the, the two conference champions. So why don't we get him on the line? Kevin, uh, the gold standard, would you mind uh, bringing up our Chicago friend? Not at all. Kevin Patrick, are you there, buddy? What's going on, fellas? And you and I could tell everybody's got a little pep, a little bounce in their steps, schedule release day, the schedule release extravaganza, excuse me. 
Yes, Kevin, we're all like elves working in Santa's shop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kevin Patrick wrote about the two Super Bowl teams. So tell us, tell us what you got out of examining the schedules of both the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Well, I mean, I think from the Seahawks' perspective, they have one of the toughest schedules in the league. Uh, we knew that from looking at what their strength of schedule. Obviously, they're in the toughest division. Um, they start out the season. You got Fail Mary two with Green Bay um, back in Seattle. Then you have a playoff team with the Chargers, and then you have the Broncos in Seattle again. That's pretty tough right before your bye. I mean, not only do they have the, all the NFC West teams who got each have gotten better in their own right. Uh, they also have other teams that improved. They're at the Redskins. They're at the Panthers, who have taken a little step back, but it's still not going to be an easy game. They almost lost there last year. Um, they're at the Eagles in the midst of five other games, division games at the end of the season to end with. So I think they have a very tough road to get back to the playoffs. That's the thing that sticks out to me. Out of their final six games, five of them are in the division. They don't play the 49ers until Thanksgiving. They don't play the Cardinals till the week before that. They basically don't start their division schedule almost until November 23rd, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, it is interesting that they don't play the 49ers till Thanksgiving night. And don't, don't eat a lot of turkey, guys, because you don't want to fall asleep for that matchup. <laughs> well played, Kevin Patrick. <laughs> I've been holding on to that one for years. Um, all right, so what do, you, what do you see on the Broncos' side? Well, it's interesting. Similar to the, to the Seahawks, they also start with three playoff teams from last year. Uh, they start off with the Colts, who who they lost to last year on the road. That's a home game this year. Uh, so that's an interesting matchup with Andrew Luck coming right out, uh, right out of the bat. Then they have Chief, the Chiefs, who might have taken a little step back. Uh, and they go to Seattle to, to face the, in the Super Bowl and rematch, who will, which will be hyped to no end. Um, but they, from there, they have a little bit easier schedule, obviously, with uh, the AFC West. They play the Raiders twice. Uh, they play the Dolphins. They play the Jets. Uh, they do have a tough schedule where they have, uh, I believe, three games in 14 days or 12 days or something uh, with the Jets, 49ers, and Chargers. Uh, they, so they go to the Chargers on a Thursday night coming right off of a home game with the 49ers. So... That'll be a tough one, and they follow that up with the Patriots. So that's going to be a tough stretch for them. They do play five of their first seven games at home, so getting off to a, a good start I think is important for that. They have a really easy schedule down the stretch, and I think mm-hmm. another advantage they have, how many times do we see the Super Bowl loser who was clearly the best team in its conference during that year and then improved the next year? So they're better than at least 14 teams on their schedule already. It's a I, mean, I think if you ha- go ahead. I think if you had to wait it, I mean, would you say would get back to the playoffs? I mean, I think you'd have to clearly say that it would be the Broncos. I don't think there's a question out of these two teams. I, I, w- I would be stunned if both didn't get back. And frankly, if Denver, I agree with West, they've improved. There's no reason they can't go out and roll 13 victories out of this schedule. The end of it is easy. You always hate, though. You hate to see the bye in the fourth week of the season, especially there's some veteran players on this Broncos team. It would be nicer if they had maybe that blow in the middle of the season. But I, yeah, overall, you can't really get too worked up about their schedule. Wes is making faces over there. I don't think there's anything to an earlier late buy. I'd like to see a study on that, whether well, it means well, anything. Well, what was it that Bill Walsh said? Would you read a study oh, about right. the buys? Yeah, just because I, that doesn't sound like it would matter at all. Well, he, he did some studies that players are – Bill Walsh, Mark Sessler mentioned – Bill Watts did some studies that players are at their most tired before week one. 
So in theory, then an early buy would not be so bad because August. Interesting. And this is written in the late 90s, so football's changed a little bit. But it makes sense. You're practicing. Ultimately, you're working harder in August than during the season when you have more days off and lighter practices. Both Super Bowl teams have the week four bye. Denver's schedule is very front-loaded. All those tough games are early, and a lot of them happen to be in Denver, so they kind of lucked out with that. Kevin, Patch, a fearless prediction. Are both of these teams getting mm. a first-round bye? Are they both getting a first-round bye? Uh, I think the Broncos will. I think the Seahawks won't. I think they'll lose a few games within their division. Mm-hmm. But I think they do make the playoffs. All right. Well, Kevin, Patrick, thank you very much, buddy. Have a good one, fellas. All right, thank you to Kevin Patra. And now we move on. Why don't we talk about, I'll throw this one to Chris Wessling. Who got screwed? Mm. Who got screwed? Chris Wessling. Take a look at the Chargers. Last year they talked about how their playoff run started early. They have four must-win games in December to close out the season. Those were not as tough nearly as the five games they're going to have to close out this season. Mm. Their, their playoffs are going to start in December. They get... At Baltimore, home to the Patriots, home to the Broncos, at the 49ers, and then at the Chiefs to close out the season. Ouch. Murderer's Row. Chargers sitting home in January. Oh, you're just making willy-nilly predictions all over the place. That's not willy-nilly. They were the the definition of mediocre last year. They're going to be mediocre again this year, and they close out with five tough games. He's right. I mean, if you're the people putting this together, you have to be sitting around the room saying, all right, listen, we, let's be honest, San Diego just got roped here. (laughs) You thought the Chargers were the definition of mediocrity last year? Weren't they 8-8 and and snuck in the playoffs by the back door? They, well, they were, were they played they great down the stretch. I think when they, they won were, a playoff game, they were the definition of mediocrity. They lacked speed on both sides of the ball. They lucked into the playoffs, and they got to play the Bengals. They in had the a first really good week. offense almost the whole season, and the defense played great at the end. I think once we got into December and January, they were one of the eight best teams. They, they I, d- I don't to be there. agree with that at all. Mark Sessler, who got screwed? You know, looking at the St. Louis Rams. And this is a team that, for all the strides they're trying to make, they're in the, already in the toughest division. So that you got that out of the gate. They have a stretch coming out of their week four bye week where they play eight games, seven of them against teams that went to the playoffs last year. Real quick, Eagles, 49ers, Seahawks, Chiefs, 49ers again. Then your non-playoff team, a Cardinals team that was surging towards the end and arguably was better than some of the playoff teams that got in. Then the Broncos, then the Chargers again. Then, if you're still even in existence after that, you get to play <laughs> Oakland. And then, by the way, if you have any breath's chance of a playoff berth, you have to go into Seattle for the second year in a row in the final game of the year and deal with that. That's rough. I will say this, and that's all fair. Wouldn't can't you almost say? The Rams and the Cardinals are basically built in as teams that get screwed as long as yes. they That's the fair. Seahawks and yeah. Niners But as Greg are said Kings. downstairs, it, it, all these NFC West teams are in that boat, but if you're Seattle, you don't play Seattle. You, you can throw the AFC West teams in that boot, boat too because they have to play the NFC West. So really all the Western teams, they get a tough uh, luck this year. Sam Bradford, I mean – you might as well put that house on the market now after hearing that <laughs> rant from, from Sessler. And, and Sessler, you say the Seattle doesn't play Seattle. Are you sure about that? Because isn't it a <laughs> challenge to have to face down your own victories and championships? That is true. In the world of, of inner past. head games and 
personal demons, that could crop up. But <laughs> I'm looking demons. more at the schedule that's been released today. <laughs> I like that we see the Seahawks as a team rife with personal demons because they won a trophy. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, who got screwed? I'm going to go with the Titans and the Jaguars. Match them up together. Usually the NFL likes to give a break to teams coming off poor seasons and have them play each other early. And they have the good teams play each other early. And that creates some surprise teams and some slow starts for good teams. Tennessee and Jacksonville don't have the toughest schedule ever because they're in the AFC South. But they both have tough starts. Both playing three out of four on the road to start. Tennessee in Kansas City. Then they have Dallas. Then in Cincinnati. In Indianapolis. It's not the toughest slate ever. But it's as tough as their schedule gets. And you're trying to build hope. And Mark and I were talking about there's nothing worse than your team is two and six after eight games, and you're you're to week nine, and your games already feel meaningless. So it's going to be tougher for these two teams, Tennessee and Jacksonville, starting on the road to build any momentum early. I have a feeling they're used to meaningless games in Nashville and Jacksonville. Right. They, well, you want to change that around. Well, and the league spoke about how they feel about the boring level of Tennessee. It is literally until. November 17th that they don't lock in at a 1 p.m. start. <laughs> week well, after week, get them out, out of the way. These knock two teams out. square off against each other on Thursday Night Football, week 16. December 18th. What did we do to deserve that? Relax. That is that is a fair <laughs> point. You picked, you know, that's an outrageous How about draw. Johnny Football to Jacksonville? Ooh, Can that get you like excited? That. Now we're getting excited. Well, I, th- yeah, this is all def- subject to change ba- based on what happens in a few weeks. But. By the way, I've t- totally turned into a corporate show. You now. are. That yeah. was that you was were, alarming, actually. Well, I wait, say. one word I'm answer. Too- which t- which of these two teams do you think finishes with a better record? Jaguars. I do, too. Titans. Titans, but if the Jaguars draft Johnny Football, I'm going Jacks. Everyone keep in mind that there's no Golden Tate on the Titans. That's a good point. All right. Perhaps not surprisingly, I'm going to go with the Jets as the team got screwed. Docker. It's like the only team schedule he's looked at. But now tell me, yeah. <laughs> but now tell me if I'm wrong that this is a little bit bogus, okay? So, and I apologize, Greg, because I know you worked very hard on the schedule with the other guys in the league office. <laughs> so, October 5th, week five, the Jets are in San Diego, way deep in Southern California. They fly cross country uh, and they start preparing for the Denver Broncos, the defending AFC champions, come to town. Peyton Manning, and then you play the Broncos, and then you got a short week because you're playing on Thursday night football. And not only are you playing on Thursday night football, you're going on the road. And not only are you going on the road, you're going to Foxborough to play the Patriots on short rest. It's bogus. That is rough. It's not fair. It happens. Oh, it, yeah, it happens. To you, Greg, you get a nice setup there. You got the, the Jets coming in limping after Peyton Manning. Goes to work on my team. So you're Revis saying Revis is going to be licking his chops because you, Eric Decker is going to be dragging his feet. He's got a newborn at home, and he's got you know all these other things going on in his life. Don't you want all your automatic losses just packed together? Now you have an excuse <laughs> for him. That's right? what I'm talking about. Play like Greg, a jet. What was my what? response when you asked me if I wanted to do the "Who Got Screwed" article this morning? Well, I know you didn't want to do it. You thought you got screwed when I asked you. <laughs> I said the only sentence I would write, the only analysis I could give was stop whining about your team. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wasn't it last year that Gre- New West, England? Wes is a real like nihilist about the schedule release, It's I not feel. his favorite day of the year. It's not. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Didn't New England and the Jets 
play Thursday night last year in one of the sloppiest affairs? It was gross. Yeah, it was early in the season, and neither team played well. In New England. That, and they had yeah. to go on the road on this short week, and the Jets somehow overcame this. Did they overcome? Because impo- well, they lost. They were very what competitive. That was about as good as it's going to get for them. Uh, no. And if you've been <laughs> tracking this rivalry, it's been fairly um, even considering the team's success over the past 10 years or so. That's fair. They, oh, they give Rex Ryan gives Brady more problems than anyone. All of this stuff that you just talked about means about three percent compared to injuries that happen throughout the year. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a lot of it's April. It's April. Talk. Should we just scrap this podcast and re-record and talk about <laughs> Caleb Haney signing with the Cowboys? This has been gold. By yeah. the way, Marcus Trufant just signed with the Seahawks to one day contract. It's great that he's retiring with Seattle. See, that's Marcus what you want to talk Trufant? about? That's what you want to talk about? Wait, uh, let's record. Maybe they brought him in to, you know, help secondary for one who, day in practice. Maybe who, down a guy or two. Who is the Dalton scale of going back to your city to have your number reti- to retire for your old team? <laughs> it might be Marcus Trufant. No, there was someone There was someone on the Jaguars that was un- unbelievable. Brad Meester? No, oh. no. At least he was there for thirteen years. Something. It was like Joe. It was like Jerry Porter went back to the Jaguars. For a <laughs> right, I don't ba- think he's allowed back in Jacksonville. I'm making that up, but I'll, I'll look for it. it. It it was a ridiculous one. Mark, I want you to do your one day contract with the uh, NFL when the time comes for you to retire and come back and just announce it, and we'll have a whole we'll have a barbershop quartet like uh, what's his name did. <laughs> I'm going on record as saying Marcus Trufant falls below the Dalton scale of having your. <laughs> one day retirement ceremony. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. That would be a really fun, mean spirited post. The worst one day contract signing. <laughs> That's why it's better for podcast talk. <laughs> um, all right, so that is it for the Around the League podcast schedule release uh, extravaganza. We yeah. got to have music this time, Gold Standard. The sorry, sorry, yeah, here it is. Around the League podcast schedule release extravaganza. Boom. All right, so um, enjoy it. Go through it all. It's all there for you to peruse. You can look at your favorite team on the uh, NFL.com website. And then on Around the League, we have tons of insight on the scheduling. Possibly uh, too much. Potentially, but also maybe some people will say not enough. You can't, you can't make everybody happy. But most likely, yes, too much. I'm going with too much. Too much is, that's our motto. Too much is not enough. Um, yeah, so check that out. And we will be back on Friday, and Wes, before we go, anything to share from your visit to Tybee? It was, uh, I, I, called it, I, I called it my sanctioned debauchery, my sanctioned fun, <laughs> uh, vacation time. I went back, I had all these great plans. My lady friend and I were going to go out on a boat, and then it <laughs> rained, and it was like horribly windy the first few days I was there. Hmm. So the only thing to do was hang out at Huckapoo's. And I, you know, I kind of joke around that I don't really like people that much, but that's my like little haven. So I get spread a little thin when I go back to Tybee. It turns out that three or four nights is just about as much as I can take. Hmm. Was the stormy conditions? Was that perhaps indicative of the rest of your personal life while back in the old hometown? <laughs> Everything worked out fine on that. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Well, we're happy to have you back because the twelve percent chance that you didn't come back. Maybe if the weather was perfect and you went sailing on that boat and. You know, the sun was hitting you just right, and you had the nice bucket of suds, kind of like in Shawshank when they're, when they're on the roof, when they're tarring the roof, and everything felt perfect. Maybe 12% could have become 51. Mother Nature's like, I listen to this podcast all the time. <laughs> Need to prevent Wes from falling in love with this uh, Tybee Island place again. 
here comes the bad weather. It sounds like this percentage for the next time you go back to Tybee is getting smaller and smaller because, believe it or not, Wesley missed Los Angeles and his boys back in L.A. I missed you guys. I don't know about the city. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're glad that you're back, Wes, and, um, you know, we're happy that uh, Cooter, no, Huckapoos, <laughs> they, they did a nice job. We called them a couple times, and they were nice people, and it seems like a great place. We're going to do a podcast there one day. We're going to get there. Gold Standard is going to handle all the legwork on the setup, and he's going to pay for our flight, so that'll be good. Um, so we'll be back on Friday. And until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, and the Gold Standard behind the glass, the guy with the credit card. Until Friday. Today will be Dan's last birthday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.